He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. First, th thanks for the good words on rental scale-up. I always feel like us this imposter syndrome, which I think you sh we should always have because that's what you know pushes us to strive for and be more to improve. But anywho, <laughs> this being said, I think it's I think I really like explaining stuff. I, I like discovering new things. I like saying, oh, look at that. Airbnb says that. Is that true? Let's look at their financial data. Yeah. Is this really what they want is oh, that's what they're saying. That's what it really means. And that's what we should be doing as property owners and managers. Mm -hmm. So I like uncovering things like you know what's what are the big brands saying? Or if I see a new feature on Verbo, I'm like Oh, they have a new feature in beta. What does that mean? It's just it's Google around and lo and behold, usually there's a former developer of the company that's on their blog who's talking about what they'd be doing. I'm like, that's good. So I like uncovering things. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. Running a short-term rental business is challenging and time-consuming. Whether it's 10 units or 1,000 units, trying to keep up with the latest trends, technology, hardware, revenue management, guest support, and R&D, it's become almost impossible and increasingly more expensive for the everyday host. On top of that, all of this tedious work does not allow you to focus on what matters most, and that is your guest. Luckily, this will no longer be a problem. Introducing Journey's MOS, the newest and most advanced tech solution in hospitality. Journey's MOS provides you with a one-stop solution that will automate your entire operation and take care of all of your back office work, allowing you to fully focus on growing your business the way you want to. To learn more about MOS, visit Journey online at journey.com. That's journey, J-U-R-N-Y.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Couldn't be more honored and excited to have Tebow from Rental Scale Up on the show today. Tebow, welcome to Slick Talk. How are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm great. Thanks for having me. And hello, everyone. Of course. Well, uh, where are you located? Just to give everyone an understanding of where you're based at today. <laughs> oh, so today I am in the Netherlands. So uh, during the first lockdown, yeah. Like years ago, <laughs> now uh, we moved out of Amsterdam, and now we live a half hour north of Amsterdam in like old farm by the beach. It's not too bad, but um, 
you may also find me part of the year in the Caribbean because that's where my, my home is part of the year. But right awesome. now, Netherlands. Netherlands and then Caribbean. Not too bad of a life, my friend. Not too bad. I like it. Um, I, I love just jumping into the story with our guests on the show. And I, I for me, I'm really curious, where did you even get started in getting into the industry? It sounds like you, uh, from our pre-chat and conversation, you have properties yourself that you you run. So let's jump right in. Where did this all begin for you? Well, um, actually, it began uh, 20 years ago in the sense that um, we started, um, my ex and I, right, wanted to have our own place in Paris because that's where we were living at the time. And just like young, a lot of young people, we just couldn't afford it. We just yeah. could not afford our own apartment in Paris. And we went on vacation in St. Martin, which is an island in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we saw in St. Martin, there was like a ferry going to this other island called St. Bart's. So Saint-Barthélemy for the French speakers. <laughs> we're like, let's, let's, let's just go there for a day. It's just, and we went there, arrived at the ferry into the port called Gustavia. And we just, wow, we're amazed. It's a tiny island. So it's like 25 um, square kilometers, which is barely, I guess, 30, 30 uh, square miles. So it's very tiny. Just go around the island for in like a, just an hour mm-hmm. when you drive. But it's so beautiful. And we came back the next year, following year, spend there a week. And we're like, what if we could, you know, what if we were buying a house there? We're like, oh, come on, let's be crazy. Let's just like, let's do some villa shopping. Let's just pretend we're interested. Talk to, you know, a real estate agent. And just, just make believe, right? Why not? You know, that's a fun, fun thing to do. And lo and behold, actually, what we discovered is that we could buy one of those houses. Uh, why? Because... The real estate agent was like, you know, these houses here, they're not houses. They are businesses. They are vacation rentals. Hmm. Uh, like already this house, which is built. So the house we were visiting, were like not fancy at all, right? It was like, <laughs> it was like not fancy at all. But, and they were like, but you know what? They already got bookings for next year. The whole of next year is already, already booked because people book from one year to another on the islands. And if you go to local bank, Local bank, we see this as a business and we look at the upcoming bookings for next year. They know the bookings will be happening and they will lend you money. They were like, really? And yes, it did happen. So that's how <laughs> in our 20s, we suddenly you know, had a fancy villa in the Caribbean while we could not, we still didn't have an, uh, our own apartment in Paris. So that's how we got started. It was just you know, luck and a very clever real estate agent, which now, of course, makes sense nowadays, right? With whole, you know, people building Airbnb empires, like, it's just like buy a house and run it out. And that's how we, we got into it. Just pure chance. Pure chance. I love it. Well, that's a very smart real estate agent. Um, and I'm pretty sure you don't regret that because it looks like from when you're in your 20s to buying that to where you are today, uh, vacation rentals, short-term rentals, whatever people want to call it, that's become uh, quite a big passion of yours. So did you eventually go into more properties? Uh can, give me what was the next step? Did you were you the operator yourself? Um, what what happened after the purchase of the home? Yeah, it's it's probably a story that you know quite a few of your listeners will relate to in a sense that you, you get started into this bit by chance and then you start thinking, hey, how can I increase my revenues? The first thing we're like, well, just like let's just fix this house. 
So over 10 years, first, we just expanding the house as much as we could uh, because we realized that a target market were really couples, like either big family or couples mm-hmm. were coming together for a special occasion on the island. And these four couples coming together, they wanted to have sort of equivalent bedrooms. And the way the house was at the time was like somebody would, you knew, we knew that one of the couples would be like, yeah, look at the bedroom we had and we're paying the same as the other ones. Yeah. So we're like, okay, let's just fix the houses, make sure you know, everybody has an suite bathrooms kind of things. And then once we did this, we're like, okay, it's working pretty well. Why don't we, um, you know, we still have some room in a piece of land we had. Let's just build this one, you know, one bedroom house just for us so that when we are on the island, when we live there, actually, we can still rent out the big one. That's what we did. We built a house for ourselves. Um, and then we had friends who uh, were building a house in Bali, a vacation rental as well. And I was like, Bali, really? I not at first I, I was not even sure where Bali was, that it was in Indonesia. And, and number two, I was not super attracted. You no, know, I love Thailand, but Indonesia or Bali for some reason to me was like super touristy and just like, you know, just like over. Yeah. Right? And and they invite us to their to see the house when it was built. We're like, just it's not be stupid, right? Somebody's inviting you somewhere, just go there. Yeah. And I w- so I remember we arrived at the airport. You arrive at the airport, you exit the airport, there's like Burger King, McDonald's, or KFC. You're like, oh my God, this is exactly what I thought. <laughs> and then, boom, you know, with a jet lag, you just fall asleep. You wake up an hour and a half later, we're in the middle of the rice paddies. Their house is, you know, by a black sand, uh, black sand beach uh, among the rolling paddies. I'm like, oh my God, this is actually beautiful. They lived on a village far from the craziness of South Bali. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And and we thought, you know what? It's not a bad place. And our friends did it. We surely can do the same. They just use the same architect, same notary, some person. And of course, um, that's why we did it first. And it all fell apart because went wrong with the architect, notary was wrong, and we had to negotiate for a year to secure the land because it's crazy out there. Uh, anyway, it took us three years, but then we built a house there. And meanwhile, I acquired a second one in uh, the south of uh, Bali, just because we had to go to Bali to see the other one building. So at some point, like, let's just get another rental to <laughs> to live there. So that's how at some point we had four properties, two in the Caribbean and two in Bali. But I, we sold one of um, the smaller one in Bali. Uh, so we have three now. Oh, that's awesome. So total of three, you, you, you're an owner-manager. Um when did rental scale up become a thing? When did that mm-hmm. idea, when did that spark? Because I've been watching your guys' content for, I would say the last years when I really like started discovering a lot more people on LinkedIn. That's how you and I got connected. And um, no, I just love the content that you guys are putting together. It's more data analytical than a lot of other content media producing type businesses, like, especially like mine, you know, ours is all audio. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, when did that idea sparking and get created and, and flourish t- towards that today? Yeah, good, good question. Rachel Scalop is really like, as you said, is like about talking about what the big uh, players are doing in the industry, Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo, talking about market trends in the US, in Europe, and talking about the new players in the industry. Uh, so it's true, it's easier to, when talking about trends, it's easier to show a graph than to describe a graph audio. So 
I guess we all have a media of choice for, for that. Uh, so it actually started six years ago. It was called Rentalpreneurs at the time. Um, and uh, it started out because this house I had in Bali, this beautiful house we built, was also on a black sand beach, also among the rolling paddies. Not one property manager in Bali, not one property manager wanted to take it on. They were like, they're all based in South Bali. And they're like, it's just too far for employees to drive there. If there's a, if one of the guests, guests is there and needs some service, it's just too far. And just, they were like, oh my goodness, what did you just do? We just build this beautiful house. And now I have to find clients. Yeah. So the whole hashtag direct booking thing. Yeah. But at the time it was not so much direct booking as in like, okay, the pro, I, can't, I can't have property management company help me. How do I just get bookings, right? Just direct, not direct, whatever you want. I need the bookings. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, oh, okay. So I started discovering the world of the home aways, which is a big thing. It was the former name of Verbo. Airbnb was there launching, even though I'm like, Airbnb for luxury villa, never going to work. Of course it did. Yeah. Um, and TripAdvisor was there. So I'm like, well, that's working. And at some point I'm like, hmm, why don't I just, start blogging about what I'm doing, how I'm doing this, and maybe other people who want to do the same. And I started writing a, a book in French about how to make money on Airbnb. So sort of a classic way for, for a lot of people in a way. Yeah. And, and I wanted to do, also do some consulting for property managers to help them, you know, because um, I had a background in online marketing already mm -hmm. uh, for, for the travel industry. And I said, well, why don't I go and, and, and speak at a big conference was like the RMA Europe to find clients because, you know, people in the room may be interested in my services. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, you know, I went there. I mean, I, you know, I just put out my name. I've been speaking about a topic, which I didn't know much about at the time, but I had, I got selected. So I'm like, okay, I got five months to actually become an expert, practice, do my own case studies, interview people and come back and deliver value, which sort of I did, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, let's, let's just do it. <laughs> and, um, but in the room, actually, there was somebody from Booking.com sitting there, somebody from Booking.com. And they're like, why don't you come over and work for us at the headquarters? And I'm like, hmm. And the headquarters being in Amsterdam, which I didn't know. That's... And they're like, well, you know what? Because Booking.com, we are very good at hotels, but we at uh, insert beep, uh, we are mm, at short-term rentals, vacation rentals, right? Well, our tools are really for hotels, pricing tools. Our tools are just too complicated. Uh, the way we talk to uh, properties, we ask maybe we'll risk a place whether they have a restaurant. doesn't make sense for a short-term rental. Mm -hmm. So why not you come over and do that? And I'm like, hmm, how can I say no? So they want to compete with Airbnb. That's a pretty nice thing to do, right? Yeah. So that's how I ended up working at Booking.com for five years in tech. So retrying to take a product and adapting this to the short-term rental industry. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile, I was still blogging because that was my agreement with them. I want to do that, but I want to keep my freedom. I can blog about stuff. So that's how basically Rentals Club was born in a way. Now I don't work at Booking.com anymore, but it was the idea of saying, um, let's talk about the trends. Let's talk about what the big actors are doing. And again, the, this way I can really pull the fact that I'm an owner, the fact that I've, I've, you know, I know quite a few property managers. I know the tech. And so I understand from the inside how the big platform think. And, they, and sometimes some of their decisions you think are, you think are crazy, mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, yes, it's crazy, but I know why <laughs> they can't do otherwise. So it was very interesting. That's what you see on rental scale up, basically. All this experience coming together. No, I love that. And what was your biggest takeaway from that experience? Like what, what was the secret sauce that you're like, I'm going to pull one thing from here, one thing from there to create, because you're doing rental scale up full time on top of your, your property. So, um, it's obviously like to, for, I think for a lot of people in our space to get successful in this media side, whether it's blogging, podcasting, uh, creating what you've created, it's not, it's not very, uh, common. Like it's, it's very, a lot, a lot of the uh, people, it's a side gig. It's a uh, very much a side hustle. So for you, what was the secret sauce on the, the takeaways that you've had from those experiences that really made rental scale up, you know, become what it is today? Um, well, first thank, thanks for the good words on rental scale up. I always feel like, you know, I was, I was this imposter syndrome, which I think you sh we should always have, because that's what, you know, pushes us to strive for and be, more, you know, um, to improve. Uh, but anywho, <laughs> this being said, I think it's, um, I think I really like explaining stuff. I, I like discovering new things. I like saying, oh, look at that. Hmm, Airbnb says that. Is that true? Let's look at their financial data. Yeah. Is this really what they want is, oh, that's what they're saying. That's what it really means. And I thought we should be doing as property owners and managers. Mm -hmm. So I like uncovering things like, you know, what's, what are the big brands saying? Or if I see a new feature on Verbo, I'm like, oh, they have a new feature in beta. What does that mean? It's just, just it's Google around. And lo and behold, usually there's like, you know, a, a former developer of the company that's on their blog, who's talking about what they'd be doing. I'm like, that's good. So I like uncovering things. And I like then taking that and trying to make sense of it for property owner, property manager. Okay, that's what's happening. I think that's what it means, and that's what you should be doing. So I really like these kind of things. And, and in a way, um, I, I think I'm really good at this. It's, it's because then it's also it also powers the other side of the business, right? Because we also do um, two things. We also uh, do consulting for okay. tech companies in the industry who want to, like channel managers, PMSs, or yeah. um, um, noise monitoring devices, who want to maybe develop new features for their products. But for that, they need to have insights on the market, need to make sense of their own data, and they need to have go, good go-to-market plans, which I did for five years, basically, at the headquarters at Booking.com. So I, I think I, I know a few things about that. But again, I, I really work with their teams to do this. And the second thing, um, again, this data... It's not just all the, the content, it's not just from me, right? I spend, just like you, Will, I interview a lot of people because I'm like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't have, you know, I'm not the yeah. voice of the industry, right? I know a few things, but there's always people who know more. There's all the other, other opinions and yeah. it's good to have diverging opinions. That's what you want to make your own opinion, yeah. listening, to listen to different things. And that's, that's, that's why we've, We've really launched now a network, and this idea of the network we have on rental scale up, it's a network of professionals basically, and we welcome you know property owners, managers, vendors, listing site operators, like everyone. And the idea is that the media we have is powered by the network, meaning that we get, for example, we discuss trends, like trends in the US, and you know I, I have great data and I show the data I have, but then also I get opinions from people on the ground. West Coast, East Coast, Hawaii. Okay. And then they tell me what it is. And then when we write the article, the final article on the website, 
it's even more interesting because there's not only the data, not only what I think of the data, but actually actual, um, let's say, things that happen on the ground as told by actual property managers in the US. So yeah. that's why we like this having a, a, like a network powered media is just trying to um, get everybody's opinions and just like to be more interesting. That's really, I love connecting people. That's what I love doing, basically. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it makes it unbiased too. It's not just your opinion. It's not just your interpretation of data and, and you know, uh, markets and understanding of what's going on. It's really, you're getting a sense of what's generally happening happening, and you're just reporting it in a, a different fashion, right? You're not, you're not being unbiased and saying, oh, Airbnbs, blah, 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 or this, this, and this. Like, you get the opportunity to, to balance it out. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so I, I... I usually say that's what the data says, or that's why I see it. And then I say, and I think that, or we think that. So people yes. can kind of see where we're going to like our own opinion. So I want to make sure people understand that where I'm coming from. And that's also what makes it hard sometimes um, because I get like press releases from vendors every yeah. week, probably same with you. And oh, I'm yeah. like, sometimes I'm like, so what? I mean, what? <laughs> why should a read of mine care about this? And not to be arrogant, I'm, I'm like, because again, I've done product marketing for for a few years now. I'm like, the way press releases are written sometimes, you're like, mm. okay, good for you. You have a new product. Good for you. Now, what's in for the user? Why should I care? Why? And even for me, then what can I write about this? And it's, mm. it, it is important to not only have an opinion about something, but even go back to some people and say, okay, you send me something new. Yeah. Can I just talk with you? Because I need to uncover a bit or try to understand whether there's an angle here or not, whether it's newsworthy or not in a way, because it's easy to just like take a press release and publish it. I've said this on Slick Talk many times before, and as time goes on, it becomes more and more true. Operators have been so used to multiple logins, different dashboards, and overall segregated data points for their hospitality brand. I'm proud to say this is no longer going to be the case for the industry. As a podcast partner, Journey MOS is made for operators by operators. One dashboard, one solution to keep your business in shape and ahead of the competition. If you think this is too good to be true, then you need to go to journey.com. That is J-U-R-N-Y.com to learn how Journey MOS can get you ahead of the big players in your market. And now back to the episode. It's a bit harder to actually curate news and say this I think is valuable or not, and spend time doing this. So it's it is tricky. It's, it, you need to have your opinion, but also make a choice on what you want to talk about, which is another level. For sure, yeah. You and I do the same thing when it comes to a press release. It's like, okay, what is like what made you come up with this new product or this new service or whatever? Because I think a lot of the time when they're reading it, they're talking about this, 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 and it's like there's no there's no backstory value where it's like. Were your customers demanding this? Were your potential customers that didn't sign up with for you want this? And this is what has lost you guys X amount of dollars in revenues, though you created it to get that revenue back. What is the what's the story? Um, yeah, I, I, I like that perspective. I think you're you're onto something because it's really about curating general, like general value content. It's not just an opinion article or just a press release. It's it's something that's going to bring value to operators like yourself. Uh, to to companies and and the B two B side and the B uh, the B two C or B two C side, gosh. Um, so it's yeah, it's very well curated and, and well thought out. So 
Um, what came up with, uh, from you, like, so you said you had a marketing background. What, what made you get into the network? What, what, what made you launch this, this, uh, what do you call it? Scalers network, uh, for, for what you guys are doing at rental scale up. Um, well, I think probably a bit like you, right? I, I, um, back in the old days when there were still in-person in-person uh, conferences, yeah. I would just love going there, right? Meeting people, meeting new people. I, I would go to every booth and try to discover new uh, technologies. A lot of time I'm lucky enough to be invited as a speaker yeah. um, and talking at conferences. So I just love that. And, and what I love is that, you know, then people reach out to me on LinkedIn and ask, do you know somebody who, or do you know what kind of tech does that? Or, I mean, I mean, for example, people in the Caribbean, because I mean, you know, I spend a lot of time in the Caribbean, say, hey, I'm also in the Caribbean on a different island. I want to expand and invest in, I think that in Bali, actually I got the question yesterday. Somebody like, can you, can you write about this or can you do it? And I'm like, there's only so much time I have in a way, right? Yeah. And I'm like, again, sometimes I'm not the best, best place person to talk about some topics. Yeah. Like some topics that just, yeah, I can talk about stuff. But if you're on real value, I pretty much prefer saying, that's the person you should be talking to. They know way better topic than I do. And I'm like, why don't I just make it happen so that it's not just me connecting. I just try to get with the network, get all these people together. And, and the idea is not to, to create a Facebook stuff, right? It's not about right. this. It's about, let's say, making sure people meet. So we are like, you know, every month is like, you know, um, like, like speed dating, if you will, before. But like, we really try to, match match people who have interest together. We also have like mastermind like groups where people get together in small groups and really work on their own goals and get things done. Because that's so what we, we've noticed is that, is that a lot of uh, people like what we publish, like the trends we talk about, and we still try make them actionable in the trends and the articles. That's what you should be doing. But some people need maybe a little push to say, okay, and now I need, for example, to look at different markets and sector property and, and maybe having like, you know, every two weeks, a group of people, a group of peers who just push you a bit more or give you some structure or, you know, with whom you can share your failures or success is very important. So we try with this network to have some really um, um, schedule activities every month to help people get results, like by getting, by finding a new business partner, getting things done in a group. And also we like, we have like private calls where again, we discuss trends, for example, as I said. So this way also makes my, my content richer. So that was the idea of the network is again, it was to power the media with more relevant insights and yeah. also go further by saying, okay, not only do we tell you what the trends are, we kind of help you make things happen for your business faster by, by helping you meet peers who also want to get things done. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's a it's a good community aspect, and I think, you know, missing conferences and in person events, uh, something like that is a lot more valuable than nothing at all, or the endless amount of Zoom calls that we go through uh, every day. Yeah, and 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 if you're not if if you're in the US, there's a wealth of conferences. Yeah, if in Europe, fewer, but if you're in Bali or if you are even in Australia or different markets in the world, big markets, right? Yeah. If you're no, in Greece, for example, Greece is a huge market. Croatia is a huge market. People don't know that for vacation rentals. There's not, not a big conference. So who can you talk to? Who can you relate to? Where can you get information? 
that's where you know having an online network is 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 important. But of course, what we do as well, we have like quarterly meetups. So mm -hmm. hopefully, you can have one in the first quarter Q1, yes. 2022. But that's also what we try to do. We also try to meet in person, for example, on the back of the big conferences. For sure, because we're going to be there anyway. So we just meet up. Yeah, I love that. Um, what has been the hardest part of this journey for you? Um, would it be leaving booking.com? Would it be building what you've built? What, what, what's been the hardest part for this whole journey on, uh, on the back end that most people don't see? Mm. I would venture that, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs one way or another, right? It's either full-time, either vacation rentals or hospitality is a full-time job or a side gig, but kind of important in their life in terms of time, <laughs> revenues or future perspectives, right? Yeah. Um, so as a would-be entrepreneur or entrepreneur, let's say myself, um, working at Booking.com was tough. Mm. Uh, again, um, I got great friends there. Um, I met great people. And, and again, I was coming from my island in the Caribbean and I got that job uh, at the headquarters of a you know, global leader in the industry, you know, number one hospitality website in the world. Look at that. Yeah. Um, so it was fantastic, right? It's, but like... I swear I wrote down like my 90 day goals and my 90 day goals were like, number one, don't get fired <laughs> uh, because I had never worked for a big company before. Never. Yeah. I, I always had my own companies or worked for small companies, but not for big. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not never going to survive. And so I did because I love the topic and it was great. They kind of had created a, a smaller company within a company like the, the vacation rental people. So we're the, these weirdo, weirdos who didn't care about the hotels, unlike the rest of the company. So it created like some kind of identity where we were like the underdogs in the, in, in a, in a thing. And when we, we stepped out in a, uh, going to conferences, we could see that we, you know, people were saying, okay, Booking.com, you went from blah to you know, slightly better, especially <laughs> if in Europe. Yeah. Um, still not perfect, far from that, but that's the way it is. Uh, so that was great, but... To me, that was still tough because I was like, um, yeah, is, is my future here? And do I really want to work for a big company? I have impact, but it's like, it's lost how, you know, I was, that was, that was, that was tough for me was to, let's say, um, 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 reconcile my, winning, my, you know, my, my, my wanting to be independent. Uh, entrepreneur and working in a big group and this this helped for a time because we had a special identity at some point it it, it was gone because in a way it, it grew so big in a company that it it was just absorbed by the rest of the company and then yes it was not so special anymore and then you have more the weight of the hierarchy and just like the fact you can't get new ideas really uh you can't make them happen because it's just just too big, and that's that was was tough for me is to see this a bit sort of like identity die off, and then um, yeah, it was not too, it was not too hard to leave then, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's, it's, a cycle. it's normal cycle. Normal cycle. No, I feel I I I left a couple of hotels when I was at first, you know, hotel front desk or a manager or whatever. It's just like it gets to that point where you get too it gets too big in the sense of like the creativity, the the opportunity for implementing a b testing or whatever it's just yeah you lose that yeah um, or maybe and maybe you're not the right person anymore for this yeah. right so so you know it's just like a, a sad love story <laughs> a sad love story i love it um 
for rental scale up, what is what's next for you guys? What's what's going to be the big push for 2022 as we're you know getting ready to? I think this is going to be a big year for a lot of companies like yours uh, and and um, many others in the space. But I'm always curious to know what's what's the big picture for the next year that's uh, going to come. Yeah, what's been very interesting last uh, well, basically I went full time with rental scale up last April. Okay. Um, and what's been interesting for me, end of the year had been, uh, end of the year uh, 2021, was building systems. Mm. In a way, again, if you're a property manager, you know what I mean here, right? Like, mm. if you don't have systems to solve your personal issues, you, you, you lost, right? Or even if you have a podcast, if you don't have systems, you just, there's so much things, you know, if you want to be consistent, if you want to save time, you need to automate a few things have processes, use, you know, project management tools and automation, all these kind of things. So, um, so <laughs> what I hope to do now in 2022 is have the benefits of this because it's been tough, you know, trying to uh, find out what people cared about and then try to make it like a system, a process. So, for example, now starting in January, we have a first monthly conferences and these monthly conferences, like every month we have like an expert, an hour conference about a theme that the industry cares about. And now it's, you know, thanks to processes we have, we're way better at getting things organized, making sure everybody has a like, great content to talk about on par with our brand. So that's that's great. So to me, it's really the year where uh, we finally take off in the sense that we have way more organized, more professional, thanks to systems. Again, I think a property manager could relate to that growth with you know, just more systems. Yeah. And I think the second thing to me is really, really make sure the network is taking off as well. Mm -hmm. It's launched, it's up and running, but now we need also to make sure that um, all the, the events happen. Uh, they will be happening on time, but they they produce, let's say, um, enough results that I can say, yes, I the network really changed the life of people who are part of this. And that's really, really my goal. I want to help more people through the network and have them have more results. I love it. I love it. So where can people find you? Every episode, I ask the guests, what's the number one place you want to send everybody? If they had one click to, to hit, where would you send them? Rentalscaleup.com. It's the easiest. Um, that's where it is. And you know, we can find the, free, the content. We have a free newsletter that's sent out every Wednesday by the industry. It's my profile with a link to LinkedIn. So just go there and you'll find all the links you need to contact me. And I'm, I'm always happy to hop on a call. 15 minute call and just uh, talk about uh, the industry or any issue people have. Awesome. Well, you heard it here first. Slick talkers, go ahead, check out the show notes and go ahead, like, and subscribe to everything Tebow and rental scale up. Uh, thank you so much, my friend for being on the podcast and we'll see everybody again next week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.
As I've been growing my business and finding new ways to add to my property portfolio, I have to think about how I can anticipate the homeowner's needs, just like I do for my guests. One of the things owners always ask is, how is my property going to be protected? What happens if something gets damaged or worse? These are valid questions and concerns, and I have an opportunity to address these concerns before they even get mentioned, all thanks to having Safely as part of my toolkit. I can ensure all stakeholders are covered during a guest day and use this information as a way to grow my business by ensuring my property owners know they can trust that I have them covered. If you're a professional property manager, then you need to get safely in your tool belt so you can focus on operating and growing your business. Thanks for listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, back to an episode. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.